Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. get ready it is july can you believe that holy smokes it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host brian pointer it's hard to believe we are middle of the summer already hopefully you have found your place in the great indiana outdoors or beyond i know a lot of folks traveling this time of the year if you found us for the first time we welcome you we're here each and every saturday i am your host brian pointer we're brought to you by the great folks at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. Help save lives and heal others. I am so thrilled today to have somebody who I've been trying to get together with for weeks. Amos Rodriguez may not be a household name to you unless you watch the show alone, which I'm a humongous fan on the History Channel. He has had more airtime on that long run of program than any other contestant and he's a Hoosier native and he's going to be with us here for as long as he's willing to give us some time this morning it's just one of my favorite pastimes Uh, the current season is going on right now just a few episodes in so very timely that we're catching up with him and then we're going to have some dogs in the news I read in the Indianapolis Star about these dogs Australian shepherds who are handled by one of the Department of Entomology's senior people and we're going to find out what they're doing and I love these stories anything to do with a dog is great especially with the Department of Natural Resources so I couldn't be more thrilled I understand Amos Rodriguez is on hold waiting when we return it is the Indiana Outdoor Show I am your host Brian Pointer we're going to find out about a loan It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Of course, you know that by now. Grateful to be with you. Happy 4th of July weekend. What a beautiful way for our country to celebrate. And we have a lot to celebrate. we got a lot of work to do, but let's remember why this weekend is so very important. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. And all that good stuff. I don't want to take any more time away. I've been looking forward to this conversation for several weeks. It's my thrill and privilege to welcome to the show Amos Rodriguez. Now, that may be a household name to some. It may not be known to anybody. But if you're a fan of the show alone, as I have been for, well, I guess it's been now 10 seasons, it is one of my favorite programs. And in season seven of that show... There was a gentleman from Indianapolis named Amos Rodriguez, and one of my favorites, and a crowd favorite, a fan favorite for sure, it is my thrill and privilege to welcome Amos to Indiana Outdoors, and uh, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're very busy. How have you been? 
I've been really good. I just made it into town a couple of days ago and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you much for the call. Oh, my pleasure. Of course, now in Indianapolis, but you have quite a history and it was very prevalent. And one of the reasons that it was, I was such a fan and I was struck by you is that you are a Central American native from El Salvador. And anybody who follows world affairs knows that there have been a lot of uh, civil strife civil wars down in El Salvador and you led with that you talk about that it's something that's very important to you because I think that's where you attribute most of your skills that are so needed in this in this program called uh, called alone where basically they drop you out with 10 items and let the best person win men or women 10 groups out surviving and and using their natural skills but I think that it would be fair to say that your youth was troubled and your family struggled and you made it out, but it's a basis for a lot of what you brought to that show. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it is. I grew up during a time of social conflict. Um, the the conflict, I think, that helped me increase my, not just my my survival skills in the forest, but also in the urban settings. Uh, but I was a very young kid when that was happening. So um, when I was in college age, I received a scholarship to come to a university in northern Indiana called Manchester College at a time. Yeah, a very beautiful part of Indiana. I know it well. Oh, yeah, I love it over there. It was uh, First, I was kind of like, I flew in Fort Wayne Airport, and I thought people were playing a joke on me. I'm like, where are the buildings? Where are the people? This is not, this is not the United States. Somebody's kidnapping me. You flew into the uh, Fort Wayne Airport. That's a, that's a greeting you'll never forget. Yeah, and uh, with the popular culture that we have from the movies and stuff, I thought I was flying into New York or Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no, this is somebody playing a joke on me. But no. I I ended up loving, loving, loving this place because the um, the eastern deciduous forest, all the hunting and fishing opportunities click right on my uh, the path I was in. Well, I, I love it. I'm glad that we can call you a Hoosier. <laughs> yeah, me too. No, I've been here for over 20 years now. I got here in the fall of 2000. So over half of my life I've, I've spent here now. Um, I've been in Indiana since then. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think that um, being in El Salvador, using fishing, hunting, planting gardens is what started the healing process for me from the damages that my nervous system had received from, the, from all the civil war and stuff. So I, was, I just keep trotting along with a nature connection trying to connect to my environment. It's my belief that you can be a native of any place you step into as long as you get to know your neighbors, like your trees, your plants, your animals. And uh, I think I just kind of follow up on the process and end up being a very, very, 
I end up enjoying the outdoors in this environment as well. Well, we can all say that we enjoy the outdoors, but I think there's a, a meaningful spiritual connection that is very unique uh-huh. to you, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But on season seven, you lasted just short of 60 days, and you were they were up at Great Slave Lake in Canada's Northwest Territories, and you had all kinds of encounters. You had a very uh, meaningful uh, encounter with a wolf. Uh, as soon as you made the decision that it was your time was done your shelter burned down which i think has to be a confirmation you made the right choice but you've had you've had more screen time than any other contestant and you didn't even want to be on the show is the way i understand it how did you end up saying yes well yeah that was kind of like a different story i uh i i i didn't i never been into the tv i i always been uh not really enjoyed the the whole consumerism part of it because of the way I grew up. So I never actually paid for cable when I was in college, afterwards either. Uh, So I was really surprised when they called me. So they found you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's because I do uh, primitive hunting. I've been able to do my own weapons, bow, arrows, go hunt a big game animal, and not a lot of people can do that. It's, uh, it takes a lot of years. It's like the way I see it, it's like a, it's like a doctorate. It takes a lot of years to get a master's on bow making. It takes a lot of years to get a master's on arrow making, and then it takes a lot of years to be a tracker, uh, and then to put it all together and hunt with this. It's a really difficult task, and I think they noticed that I had done it before, and they called me about it. I think they were also looking for a different perspective. There is a lot of, uh, for that show, they put people from the bushcraft community, from the, uh, from the, um, like the military side of it, people that are survival in military style. And they've been pulling people from the primitive skills community. Uh, but I was the first Latin American person to get accepted on the show. Uh, it was not an easy thing to do. I had to go to boot camp to compete against 20-some other people for that one spot. There's only 10 people allowing to, you know, to go in at a time. And uh, I feel like uh, they noticed that I was doing nature connection, uh, primitive hunting. So when they called me, I was like, how do you get my number? I don't like TV. I don't like those shows. <laughs> And they're like, no, no, this one is different. And this one, you are by yourself. And you got to film yourself. Nobody's going to be there. I'm like, I don't want production teams telling me what to do and looking like a fool on TV. And like, they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please go watch it. Call us back. So I did. I went to watch. And I liked the idea of what they were doing. I'm like, are you sure you're by yourself? And they're like, yes, yes, you are. So I'm like, okay, I'll start the process. And I did. I had to go to to New York to compete. Uh, it's a difficult uh, thing to get into. It's like the biggest job interview I ever done. It's like, oh, jump in this cold lake, tread water for 10, 15 minutes. Then when you come out or cold, they're like, oh, start a fire just with your knife. Uh, make a shelter, stay overnight. And at the end, you have a big meeting with executives of the History Channel and... They just grill you with questions to make sure you are the right fit for it. And I guess I was. So they gave me the opportunity. And I did spend over eight weeks out there, like you said. 
I had this amazing encounter with a pack of wolves that came to my shelter because I had a bunch of fish at the time. I had encounters with wolverines. Uh, yeah, the fire was just an amazing experience for me. It was uh, a lot of things out there happened that were clear signs that I was connecting to the land around me. And I think that's the most important skill that I took with me, connecting to myself, connecting to the land, connecting to my community and to the ancestry of the place. So it was really important to take that approach to the to the to the yeah to the challenge we're visiting with Amos Rodriguez from Indianapolis area and we're going to call you a native Hoosier over 20 plus years two decades here in Indiana you've met some people along the way that have been very important to you and they've been guests on our show one of which is Matt Schull who is the executive director of the White Pine Wilderness Academy where did you two meet Actually, we met in Manchester College. He used to come to Manchester. He was by then uh, starting his journey, learning how to make bows, all of the primitive skills community that I was talking about. He was really into it then. I was going to college, and he would come in every now and then. Uh, And then later on, we both met in Indianapolis. We wanted to work together. Uh, before before White Pine started. We were doing uh, tracking classes at the river. Uh, then we did bow building classes. He's the one that taught me how to make a bow. Um, and then later on, we started uh, White Pine Wilderness Academy. Yeah, where now I'm a, a board member. We're a non-for-profit now. Uh, so yeah, we were, when we really started working together, was here in Indianapolis. But it was uh, maybe 10 years ago before White Pine, uh, before the school was with the name it was right now. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know him and the mission of encountering nature in all sorts, young and old. And he's done such a wonderful job. And we welcome him here on Indian Outdoors as we will you Uh into the future. And I I mentioned briefly, we're going to get to a little different part of your background because I know that faith and and your connectivity I've heard you say many times is very important Uh, I understand your your dad was a a church pastor and your mom was a social worker and we're going to find out how that all bound together to make you the person that you are but then there was this spin-off kind of series where you appeared in five or six of those episodes called um, the the skills challenge and then there was this alone frozen where they kind of chose some of the best of the best and you were there on that i'm just Mm -hmm. fascinated with the growth did you ever think this was going to become what it has become oh no you know my life has always been so interesting in in some ways uh but i never ever ever imagined i would be on tv uh that would be on prime time tv so that I will be on primetime TV in two different shows back to back at the same time, like this past year was. <laughs> no, that will never ever cross my mind, knowing that I do not watch the TV. I mean, I'm fully aware of the box that we watch Netflix or, you know how you call it, YouTube, but I was never into the cable, so I was no, 
Never expecting that, no. Well, you become a crowd favorite because, as I said, you've had more screen time than any other contestant. For a guy that didn't even want to be on the show, they found you. <laughs> you said yes. I think that was a pretty important yes because I know you've made this a vocation for yourself to expose the world to a lot more than just building shelters and, and starving in the wilderness, so to speak. Uh, and it's a, it's more of a... It's a calling and it's a passion and there's a connectivity. I've heard you use that. What do you mean connectivity to the wilderness and to the land? Yeah, like I said earlier, Nature Connection has been just uh, an amazing tool for me in my healing process as a human. Uh, I feel like a lot of us, because of a way their, their system works, a lot of people are in survival mode. In survival mode. Um, so our systems get damaged. There is uh, an author that coined a term, uh, Richard Louv, coined the term nature deficit disorder. Our kids are experiences, experiencing now. Well, I feel like this journey that I've been in has been a big part of uh, recentering me, of uh, cooling down my nervous system. Um, nature baths, just walking by the river or under the forest or looking for plants or hunting. Having those special times where I take time to myself to think about my life, to think about what I'm doing, where I want to go as a human, how I can improve as a person. So I want to share that journey with people because I feel like it's very relevant for our modern times. Even though we're trying to advance in so many ways, I feel like going backwards in a way towards being barefoot, walking in the forest, in the creek, will be a way to to give chance to those healing processes to come through. And it could help us in so many ways, yeah. Let's just stop right there. Can you stay with us for one more quick segment? Because I have so much more to talk to you about. We're visiting with Amos Rodriguez from the show Alone, Alone Frozen. You, uh, who's your native? Can you stay with us just for a few more minutes? Absolutely. Good deal. Let's stay uh, real close here. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. So thrilled to have Amos Rodriguez. We're going to continue this conversation and take as much time as we possibly can when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Happy 1st of July. Cannot believe that we are already here the 1st of July, but that's okay. We celebrated our 24th anniversary in the month of June. It's my thrill and privilege to visit with Amos Rodriguez. We're going to call him a Hoosier native, 20-plus years here in Indiana, a graduate of Manchester College, but you know him from the show alone on the massive show that is on the History Channel, one of my favorites. Amos, uh, you started... Use some terms, the nature deficit disorder and your connectivity and all of those things led you to your passion to be involved with White Pine Wilderness Academy here in Indianapolis. Matt Scholl, of course, the executive director. And you've talked about how you want to know how you can improve and how you can share. And I understand you've got a big project and you've kind of embraced uh, what you've learned and you've started a YouTube channel. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, it's the newest project I've been in. I started this year. Uh, it's been a few months now, starting to to get some traction. And uh, basically, I want to be able to share not just the, uh, the adventures that I get into, but slowly try to share my philosophy about how being out there it can only help us improve ourselves, but help us improve our communities. Boy, I, uh, I couldn't believe. I can't. I, actually, cannot believe that. Uh, that is very wise statement. So I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's the long term goal for me. Uh, my big, big goal as a human, as a person, is to leave a better future for my daughter and for the next seven generations. So I think doing this outdoor. Uh, not just recreation, but also outdoor uh, gathering of food, uh, hunting for protein could be a great tool to help improve our planet. Well, so, I can't I can't imagine you a person because of all that we've already discussed, plus what I've known from watching you. I'm sure it's hard for you to kind of stay silent as you and I both watch a world that's going mm-hmm. mad, more mad every day, it seems. And that has to be hard for you. So you're taking your passion and making it something positive. Yeah, it is. Like you say, it's really hard when you have you, when I see social change work like that. Uh, and then you see it happening by a global stage. It's really hard to stay silent, but. Uh, a lot of people have uh, taken into like being very strong on their opinions or the equivalent of yelling at each other. Sometimes it's hard to listen. So I, I feel like an approach of a softer approach of showing my journey and maybe in a way create empathy for people to see my journey. Maybe they will be able to see a different perspective into the outdoors. Uh, similar to what I did in the show alone, instead of just the old, I don't know, uh, I'm here to dominate the, the woods type of deal, I'm here to survive, you know, it's like more <laughs> like, no, it's like, let's try to connect to the land, let's see what the land has to offer, let's walk it slowly, let's uh, be grateful, let's, uh, you know, just have all these different approach towards towards survival, you know, uh, I think it will be very important and the way our communities are right now. Well, so I want to show just my approach in the hopes that it creates some sort of empathy. I love that your I love your term. I love your use of the term empathy, and it came through. And I don't know; it might sound it might sound very trite or very cliche, but it comes through that that your experience, not only on the show, but what you're doing with YouTube and just your mission in life, is just a real tiny glimpse into a real meaningful life of connection. And I think mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, in love to hunt, love to fish, love to be in the outdoors, love the mountains; they're my soulful place. I understand what you mean by connection but your experience has really just been a very tiny glimpse into that meaningful life of truly being connected would you agree yeah i feel like i'm just getting getting to show a tiny bit of who i am a tiny bit of my approach and if this project goes well i feel like i want to show people more and more about my life i'm throwing a a little bit of the history a little bit where I grew up. Of course, I'm doing um, hunting and fishing 
and all of the extra stuff. But in the long run, it's like uh, that connection to myself and to my land and to the community that I'm in right now, which is pretty much a global community after this TV show. There's people from New Zealand, Australia, Europe, all over the world that are writing me every day, asking me about my YouTube channel. So uh, I feel like as a global community, we have to make those approaches or we should try at least did you think when you were at man did you think when you were at manchester college you were a fine arts major that you'd be talking on indiana (laughs) outdoors and on on the the world famous show alone of uh, by all means a fine arts major (laughs) yeah no not at all i came to study art i specialized in restoration and conservation of all paintings with that master of the craft professor jim adams is now an ancestor he passed but he was an amazing, he was the U.S. Professor of the Year in Manchester College. So he he was a great mentor for me in all life things. But uh, he was we were doing a bunch of art. I was doing paintings, doing art shows. I was really happy and fulfilled because I was doing art uh, in terms of uh, fine plastic arts. Now I feel like I'm doing art, but I'm doing uh, making a beautiful bow, a beautiful arrow, but making in a way that it works. Well, I've been doing the art of tracking. I'm still doing a lot of art. I've been doing paintings and and I decorate my bows and I. It's like a mixed approach between the the the, um, the useful things and the beautiful things, and I'm trying to make a mix and and put my own spin into it. I think that's a fantastic way to make your vocation your vacation. We could talk for hours. I know that you just came back from the Badlands. I know that you've a very strong connection with the Lakota uh, and the indigenous people, and you participated in a Sundance ceremony out there. I want to be an open phone for you here on Indian Outdoors anytime that you have anything that you would like to share a most, because you are truly uh, a great Hoosier and a great ambassador for the wilderness, the connectivity, and all that it has to offer the soul and i mean that because i understand what that means so thank Thank you you. so much for being a part of indiana outdoors i gotta ask anything in the future with alone or is that is that behind you now uh i think i'm gonna be i'm gonna leave that behind for me now of course i'm going to be uh i want to help in any way i can to the production company, they reached out, the network has reached out to help promote the new season. So I've been doing that. I might, you know, I might help in other ways. Yeah. But I did three shows with them. I am going to try this project, the YouTube project now, and see how it does. Well, and we want to make sure it's a success. So we want a lot of okay. Hoosiers to sign up. Amos Rodriguez, one of my favorites. Thrilled to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors and go make the world a beautiful place as you always have done. Thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. That's the goal. I'll try. Thanks so much, Amos. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host. What a great guy. Truly one of my favorites. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great one we've had here. Cannot believe it's July 1st. I'm going to keep saying that until it just sticks in my brain. Of course, we're brought to you by 
our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. You can buy your tickets, your tickets. Oh, my goodness. You can buy your licenses online. And when you do that, of course, you can become an organ and tissue donor. Couldn't be any easier. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, I uh, came across an article in the Indianapolis Star and was fascinated because it had to do with dogs. And then I saw it had to do with the Department of Natural Resources. And I learned a little bit more. And I just think this is one fantastic story. So as mentioned, uh, Callie Bontrager joins us with the Division of Entomology. It's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. And uh, I'm sure you're busy this time of the year. And we're going to get to what you do and why you do it and all that good stuff. But thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So anything to do with dogs, I'm in. And (laughs) anything to do with the Department of Natural Resources, I'm a big fan. And you mix the two, and I said, we got to have Callie on Indiana Outdoors, because you have two uh, Australian shepherds uh, named Q and Epic. And, you know, I've got a, I got a big dog. He's a Bernese Mountain dog, and he's getting up there, too. But Q, I guess, is 10, and Epic is 5. But what a cool thing. You were with the Division of Entomology, and you're out there inspecting nurseries and big box stores to make sure there's nothing that's going to invade, invade the, uh, the crop so to speak and the plants and all that good stuff and now you got your dogs going to work with you tell me all about it i want to know start at the beginning well i'm really lucky i have been with a division of entomology and plant pathology in the dnr for 25 years um so my boss megan Abraham, knows me pretty well knows uh, my big hobby is the dogs is anything to do with dogs i've been training dogs to do agility obedience confirmation um all that kind of stuff and some nose work for a long time that is so, so good um, yeah it's, they are definitely my my big hobby but when she sent me a video of some a dog in pennsylvania that was looking for spotted lanternfly which is an invasive insect that we're just now seeing in indiana i was i thought that was really cool i love the fact that the dog was doing their some work they were using their nose so um i talked to megan and asked if i could try and teach my dogs and she said yeah Um, i'm really lucky i've got several friends that have been in the sport of scent work nose work for several years and are very good at it that i talked to and i said hey can you guys help me do this so they jumped on board with me and have been helping me work on it I love it. And it's just as simple yeah. as that. But, you know, I we've been talking about the canines supporting and working as law enforcement officers with their handlers for years. And Indiana is a leader in that training. And they've been so important to their partners in the field. We can talk about that all day long, as we have many times. But I'm fascinated with the work of these dogs, any dog, because obviously we know that they're smarter than humans and they got great noses, great sense, great instincts, and obviously a great relationship with their handler. But what is this lantern fly and what are they doing? How are they able to do this? Um, so spotted lantern fly is uh, a new invasive insect. It's been in, in the United States for, I think, since 2014. Uh, started in Pennsylvania. There's several states out east that have it. We just found it in Indiana down in Switzerland County a couple of years ago. And then last summer, it was found in Huntington, Indiana. Well, so, we got north to uh, south covered. That's good. Right. And it, it moves really easily. 
because the females will lay their eggs on anything. So we're pretty sure it's been it was moved by somebody coming into the area in Switzerland County that accidentally brought it in there, and then possibly in Huntington it came in on possibly train uh, some trains at a rail yard there because that seems to be kind of close, but that's the idea. So, so you um, got these dogs and you got this instinct that this could be a good opportunity here. I know it's high level and in a short period of time. How are you training them to identify this? So I started off with just a, a general teaching them to find an, a scent, an odor. So they learned to actually figure out how to find the scent. And then as we progressed through and they were doing that, I, I switched it over to um, the egg mass of the spotted lanternfly because that's what's around longest and it's not mobile. So it's easier for them to find ideally, but it's, it's been training since March of 2022. And I started with egg masses that had been, I started with general training in, in March and then in June, um, my colleague down in Switzerland County collected some egg masses that had been already hatched. Um, and even though they'd already been hatched, I went ahead and took them to Purdue because they needed to be, I need to make sure they were really dead and there wasn't anything hanging on in there. So they were frozen in a deep freeze at negative 80 degrees Celsius for like 96 hours. So that's research has shown that kills it. So we worked on that for a while until this last year where I was able to get some egg masses from Huntington because that's two hours from me versus Switzerland County, which is like four and a half hours from me. Right. And I I had to do the same thing because since I don't live in an area where spotted lantern flight is, I don't want it. I don't want to be the one to bring it into my area and find out in a couple of years. Somebody says, Hey, wasn't Callie training her dogs over there? Um, So, Again, it was frozen. We, we worked on those, and then my dogs were having problems. I felt moving from that kind of situation where we were just training, and I was putting the odor out for them versus actually out in the field. So have they and found I, it yet? Have they, have they, is there a success they, story, or are they just um, learning? They, they have. Well, there's been a couple times last earlier this summer, spring where we were out, and they found some. Um, but... They were still struggling, I felt like, in areas where I knew there were egg masses. So um, the one time was my younger dog, Epic, and he, he did a really strong like indication. He was like, it is here. And I, I had to trust it. him because, I mean, he was dead certain it was there. And I hadn't done any training there or anything. And I'm like, I can't see it, but there's a lot of rocks around it. There was a tree. And I, I told um, my colleague, Vince Burkle, who has that territory, I said, it's here somewhere. I don't know where, but he's saying it's here. And I had to trust him and reward him for, for that because, you know, we've been it. struggling out in the field. So um, I talked to some people that have trained for spot and lantern and fly that, and that actually have done this. They're with canine conservationists. And I said, is there a big difference between the field and, you know, the live eggs versus frozen eggs? And they said, oh, yeah. So we stepped back and figured out a way for me to be able to get a, 
it's called it's called a get scent tube, which will absorb the odor of anything. I love it. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. get this thing figured out, and I yeah. can't wait to follow this story with you, Callie, because you've been a great uh, steward for Indiana. It's a huge problem with these invasive species, and now you got man's best friend helping you out. We're gonna follow the story along, and best of luck to you and you. Uh, Epic and Q. I love the story, and they're cute dogs, by the way. So let's stay in touch on this, okay? You got an open phone okay. here anytime. Thank you. My pleasure. Many thanks to her great loyal leadership and teamwork with those dogs in the Division of Entomology. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. How much fun was that? Seriously, come on. The Indian Outdoor Show rolls on. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Happy July. Hopefully you're finding yourself doing something fun and sunny in the great Indiana outdoors or beyond. A lot of folks traveling. Safe travels to all. Remember, this is a very, very meaningful holiday, one of my favorites. I'm not a big fireworks guy, but this holiday is always one that is important to me for friends, family, and remembering this is why we're able to do Indian Outdoors and many other things that we do. So enjoy. Amos Rodriguez, one of my favorites on Alone, Hoosier native. So great to have him give us some extended time on Indiana Outdoors this morning. And Callie, my gosh, her dog's cue and epic they're finding bugs go find the bugs find the bugs yeah i was teasing her about that after in the break there but uh, that's her cue go find the bugs i think that's so cute it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org folks remember turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-IDNR be safe out on the water operation dry water in effect this weekend be safe Enjoy this beautiful weekend, and I'll see you next week.